0: Welcome to the Zip Speed Podcast, and uh, we're here in Louisville, Kentucky, with uh, Curtis White of Steve Tilford Racing. Welcome
1: to the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's exciting.
0: I feel bad. I just found out you have your own podcast. You're, uh, <laughs> Podcast
1: yeah. yourself. Yeah, uh, first minute into this podcast, I'm going to plug my own. But uh, in the red with Curtis White, we were talking about this. It's uh, I mean, it's especially that's kind of the role of athletes now to it's important for us to have our voice and to kind of share our stories and not everyone has the same voice and outlets, you know, and for me, um, sharing race analysis or, uh, talking to other people and kind of sharing the stories through the form of a podcast is, yeah, it's, it's been a fun way for, uh, for me to kind of put myself out there and to, to develop my own voice and to share some unique perspectives and talk to some cool people.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, guys. I, I saw you um, this last summer at SPT Gravel mm-hmm. in the SRAM tent, and we got talking a little bit because I remembered because um, I've worked for SRAM 13 years or so, and it, my first year or two, you know, we would always, after the Louisville race, we'd always invite all the cra- cross athletes up to Indy and do like a kid's clinic and do some photos and we'd do some funny videos, and you were in some of those probably.
1: Yeah, so I uh – so this is, we're backing up 11 years now, I believe. I yeah. So my first year out of the juniors, I was the first year under 23. And uh, Stu Thorne of Cannondale Cyclocross World signed me as my as my first year under 23. And um, I mean, I just was, I, it, like, the world of elite level sport was just like, it was so brand new to me. Like, I just came off of my junior years and I was kind of the the top of the field or near the top of the field there. And then you're going into your under 23 and into the elite fields. And it's just like, wow, it, you're really fighting for every inch and to be on a professional program with the likes of, um, at the time it was, uh, Tim Johnson and, uh, Katie Antino, now Katie Keogh and, um, Ryan Trabone. And mm-hmm. to have that level of professionalism and the mechanics and the support and the knowledge that Stu had with the program. I mean, they were, uh, SRAM and ZIP through and through for really nearly its entire existence um, and to to go to Zip and to be a part of those videos I, got, I don't know if I want to go back and look at those videos because uh, I had much longer hair and wasn't as good with public speaking and <laughs>
0: Well, one year we did like a theme of they were supposed to be kind of like the Sports Center commercials. Yeah. Like, or like you were working that. in our office. Essentially, like, like in the Sports Center, they have like professional athletes working at Sports Yeah, Center. like
1: answering the phones yeah. and like all these goofy things. Like, I think, yeah, Ryan Trabone was in HR, which right. is for, for the record, Ryan should not be working in HR. Right. But uh, it was just, yeah, all these goofy things. Jeremy Powers had like,
0: he was working on like a project It, <laughs> it wasn't going very well.
1: Yeah, Um, no, I remember that. That was a lot of fun, and to experience a relationship with a brand like Zip and SRAM, and to, I mean, to interact with other athletes that had those relationships too, was really eye-opening.
0: Yeah, and I think at that time I did a like a interview with you, kind of like a blog feature on our old Zip website that's not even online anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, like you must have been, like you mentioned, it was like your first year, so you must have been eighteen because I think even. I don't even know if you were a high school senior, maybe, or or maybe right out, or just a college freshman, because you grew up in a college town, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so I, I grew up in Dwaynesburg, New York. It's a very, uh, it, it's more rural upstate New York. Right. Um, small high school. So I, I may have been a senior in high school. So I found out I was, or I, Schenectady, New York is close by. I went to Union College in Schenectady. I was a commuter student all four years, because I, I mean, that was for me to have the balance between sport and academics. That was what was best for me. And um, so I may have been a senior in high school, but transitioning into my, you know, my college years and continuing finding that balance with academics and sport, um, it was definitely a bit of a challenge. Um, And I feel like most of my journey through sport and through my schooling was finding weaknesses to train. Like, that's just how my brain works. Like, if I'm not doing something well, I need to find a way to improve that. Right. Develop that skill set so um through college i, I studied classics which is uh, more latin and greek component and a uh, law and humanities matter so very liberal artsy um but for me at that point in my life that's what i needed to develop because i was not a very strong public speaker i was not a strong reader or writer or i just it, it, it there was just some things that were awkward and uh i needed to develop those skill sets and 10 years later now like you know Talking with you on this podcast, or having my own podcast, or being able to to share my stories in sport and the audience that I have, um, that's something that's really helped me develop as as a person. So yeah. that that was really important. So while there wasn't a direct uh, application to what I studied, it's I mean it, it, it that was a skill set I needed to develop. And you know, thinking back to the relationships with w- w- us as athletes that we have with brands and sponsors, and how we need to interact and promote you guys and our, our other partners, its it was important.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, being a professional athlete obviously the physical component, which we'll get into mm-hmm. in a minute, but there's this whole other side to it where you're your own business person. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's a hustle. I mean, it's, because, <laughs> you know, the, the contracts are not super long and you got to keep, you got to keep it going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is such, it, it really is a gift. Um, I mean it's I, I'm I'm still young, I'm twenty-eight years old, but it, it's I, I'm old enough now to realize that the the gift that we have in sport is a very short window of our lives. Like it's yes, we're we're very fortunate enough to be in this position, but I I'm also fast enough to be in this position. You know? So the minute I'm not fast enough it goes away. Right. So a lot of effort and dedication goes into this craft of the the day in, day out, living for your sport, the training, the recovery. The the nutrition, the sleep, every other piece that goes into being an athlete on top of um, kind of the, not the extracurriculars, but the making sure that we're able to share our stories and, um, you know, the podcasting or the articles or the videos or anything like that. Because it's what we do is, it's a gift and it's really cool. And I I enjoy sharing my passion for for cycling and cyclocross.
0: Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm trying to remember, it's been some years, but... Was it your? Was your dad like a rowing coach or something?
1: He is, yeah, or he still is. Still is. So back in the, so he found rowing in well in his college years, and he actually competed at a pretty high level. I believe it was the 1988 World Championship. He made the World Championship team in the eight. Wow. And he won a silver medal at the World Championships. Wow.
0: Now you guys were rowing on like the Finger Lakes or what?
1: No, so I I never grew up rowing. Okay. I uh <laughs> I. <sighs> I mean, we, we grew up in a pretty rural area, and for me, the bike was a way to kind of have a little bit more freedom. Like, the, the roads are quiet. I could go where I wanted, when I wanted. Right. And um, rowing was my dad's way to kind of find, uh, like, more endurance sports, and he he was a coach at Union College for well over 25 years. I mean, as long as I've known he's been a coach there, and he's always been around high, you know, that level of sport, and I... You know, we kind of grew up around the boathouse and kind of interacting with those athletes and sport was always important to us and they always valued that. But for me, I just wasn't really attracted to rowing. Um, and I, I really don't know why. I think it was, I, I appreciate the effort and the dedication and the craft to it. It's just, you know, you, you can only row on the water kind of thing. Right, I yeah. mean, obviously, right? You're <laughs> in a boat and it's in the water, but with cycling that there was just a little bit more freedom. And I mean, I think that's what a lot of people appreciate about, I mean, gravel's big right now. yeah, And that's what people appreciate about gravel is that you can take a bike with wide tires and you could go where you want, when you want with very few limitations. And that's just what attracted me to cycling. And uh, we, we were very fortunate enough to have a, um, a really strong club infrastructure out of Albany, New York, the Capital Bicycle Racing Club, CBRC who uh you know i mean they've done great work with developing juniors and they have a big junior contingent here at the national championships and um to fall into that program and to be guided through the new england development pipeline yeah um through the years and to get to a level where i'm racing with the national team to represent the stars and stripes at nations cups or world cups and you know then to be signed by an elite team and you know now it's it's been how i provide for myself and it's it, it's been a real, yeah, you know, it's been a good life up to this point.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting point because, like with rowing, I, I've just done like the erg, not a, on the water, but like yeah. you can only be on that thing for so long. It really it's so, is. But
1: I, I do that sometimes then, in the off season, and it yeah. just wrenches your back. It, it's really good cross training. It is. And uh my brother, actually, I, I'm the oldest of five. My younger brother who used to race bikes. um A lot of people kind of talk about how you know rowers make good cyclists, but not a lot of people see. Cyclist going into rowing, right? But he's one of those athletes, and I mean, he's um, he's a senior year in college now, and he's a rower, and he's, he he absolutely loves it, and he absolutely put, <laughs> he, he could blow my doors off on the erg any day.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, um, but cycling does because even like something like cross country skiing, you can only go out and do because it, it is you're working your whole body pretty hard. But like on a bike, there's that it's such an efficient machine that you can go out for six hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you know, and that's an effort, but you can you can put in so much you can explore so much more in a way
1: yeah yeah that i mean that that's exactly what drew me to the bike was that it's just it, you could cover i actually to kind of tie it back to you know the team and the steve tilford i believe steve tilford said it, it was I, I don't know the exact quote it was something along the lines of the speed at which you uh, ride a bike is the perfect speed to go through life yeah in that it, it's not too fast it's not too slow you, you see enough of the world and you're able to go at the speed to where you could take it all in. Yeah. And that that's something that definitely resonates with me and kind of what, you know, whether or not you're doing intervals and it's really structured training, there's always a part of your, your ride where you're able to take your scenery in you're like, wow, this is, this is this is super cool where I am. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's probably important to do as you become a a pro athlete and it it's a job, you got to <laughs> keep it fun.
1: Yeah. And th- there's a lot of places that we go to in the world for races where, you're there to do a job. You're there to achieve a result and everything goes into this result. And sometimes you can shut off where you are in the world. And it's it, It's always good to kind of recenter, refocus and take a look at where you are. Like I've been to, you know, for example, at the end of the cyclocross season, uh, the world championships are in Tabor, Czech Republic. I've been there a couple times, very fortunate enough to do so. And, uh, but, you know, I, I can remember there was, you know, back in the day, uh, Amy Dombrowski and I went to a uh, there was an Indian restaurant in Tabor and that was my first time having Indian food and that was really cool and I, I want to go back to that restaurant but there isn't a whole lot of Tabor that I remember so I want to be able to kind of take a little bit more of that in uh, when I go back or yeah. I, hopefully I'm selected to go to Worlds again to represent the US but that is something that's you know now that I'm older and have a little bit more perspective it is something that I think about
0: yeah It seems like with U.S. cyclocross um, There'll often be A rider who Gets You know Fights In the men's side Fights his way up to the top And then wins a national championship And it seems like They may win two or three more Or the, you know We've had like Whether it's Tim Johnson And then Jeremy Powers And Stephen Hyde and mm-hmm. I mean so um, You had a big breakthrough Right? Last year
1: Yeah, well, yeah About mean, 365 days ago Yeah
0: Yeah and so, um, what was that like? I mean, because you had been close and, you know, there had been some hard fights. Yeah, to
1: get there. man, that's, um, you know, that there aren't a lot of people. I mean, it really is just my immediate family and my my wife that really saw the, the day-to-day of everything that went into that. Um, and, you know, when you're passionate about a sport, or really anything, like you pour every inch of yourself into this and you shut out a lot of the world. and You know, athletes can be some of the most selfish people in the world, admittedly. So you put everything into this craft and there were championships that I've lost on, you know, from a a drop chain to a flat tire to just, you know, and there are plenty of days that it just wasn't my day, but there are a lot of close calls. And uh, the previous three national championships uh, to last year were all second places. And it just was to, to have the race in Hartford, Connecticut, it was an hour 45 from where I grew up in New York, an hour 45 from where I live now, just north of Boston. And uh, the whole home community that I grew up with and that supported me and I've been a part of for, you know, the racing and teams and former for teammates and mentors and for it to all, all culminate and come together on that day with the snow and Hartford and the mud. And that was really special. And um, that's something that I've always... Wanted to 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 taste and to get and to to represent. Um, and now that I think about it, going into this year, there's so much less pressure. Like, I, obviously, I want to win again, and I feel like I'm good enough to do so. But like, I, I'm I'm still a national champion, and that's something that I'll I'll take with me for the rest of my life, and I'll always have that jersey hanging on my wall. So I think that's something that I needed for my for my career, kind yeah. of for what you know, my time in sport. I I needed that yeah um to, to have that fulfillment so i mean the work's still there the dedication's still there but it's a little less stressful right you know, I've, I've done it now i you know and you know someone like jeremy powers and stephen hyde they've been awesome mentors over the years and um they've really helped guided me through the the stress of kind of getting to that level and i mean jeremy and i were talking recently and he was like yeah it's You know the first one's always the hardest and then after that it's yeah there's still the pressure there's still the stress that goes into it but it's you know you already have that hanging on your wall now
0: yeah that that's awesome to hear and um yeah that's great um so for your bike um tell me about your your setup for for cyclocross and how you've kind of learned over your career to evaluate your equipment and get the most out of it
1: I think probably the, the most important thing for an athlete is to have a really strong relationship with their mechanics. Um, and, and that way you learn as much as you can about the products that you're using. So, I mean, just to think about SRAM and ZIP, um, this is my 11th season on with SRAM and ZIP. You know, with yeah. nine years of Cannondale Cyclocross World and seeing the evolution of if we were on uh, mechanical SRAM Red, I, you know, we just moved to disc brakes. And the, the technology of trying to figure out the hydraulic disc brakes. And then we went to, um, uh, you know, moving on to the electric stuff. And then it, it just, it, it was th- this progression of the product over the years to now it's uh, SRAM axis, 12 speed. You know, I, I have my gearing ratio set up exactly how I want it to be. I have a 44 in the front, uh, 36, 11, or 3610 in the back, sorry. I'm still yeah, like yeah. <laughs> thinking back yeah, over I mean, 11 years of product. Right, right. But, um, you know, finding that that gear range, the ratios that work for different conditions um, with the 12-speed in the back, that really is, I mean, seeing that evolution over the years has been kind of game-changing year to year and being at the forefront of testing that product and understanding it. Um, but for this year and going into this weekend, Trek Boone, awesome cyclocross machine um and I, I mean there isn't much that that changes with the tires i mean we're limited to 33 millimeter tubulars tubulars are just they're, they're they're what you need for elite level cyclocross right there's a lot of technology around tubeless and that's i train on tubeless a lot but to really get the best out of performance tubular is where it's at for cyclocross um it's looking like a lot of rain this weekend yeah point. It's I've seen and and the the weather report keeps changing, but uh, I've seen anywhere from half an inch to two inches of rain yeah. Saturday night. Wow! So uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But that that's kind of the name of the game with cyclocross.
0: Yeah, for sure. And do do you like those conditions? Oh yeah, wet? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's I mean, growing up in the Northeast, we definitely had uh, a lot of. Was it you know you don't like the weather in New England? Wait five minutes. Yeah, it's kind of the quote. So. Uh, Grew up, right? You know, riding and racing in the rain and the snow and these treacherous conditions, and that's what I feel like I'm comfortable with. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded by people who said, you know, if you're if it's raining outside, go go put on the Grifos and your mid your mid range tires and practice sliding around. Yeah, because that's how you build your technical skills. Um, so that's kind of what I grew up with. And um, I mean, especially with the you know a legacy like a rider like Tim Johnson, who absolutely excelled in those conditions, um, it was kind of cool to look up to an athlete like that and say like, all right, this is what, you know, tough racers are. They're like when the conditions get tough, that's when the racers get tougher.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned riding tubeless on the road and I'm sure that like when you're on the road, like the tire pressure and stuff you've been using from like a decade ago to now has changed quite a bit, but what about cyclocross with, uh, with the tubulars, how much have you looked at tire pressure?
1: Uh, it's. I mean, for the most part, it really doesn't change. Uh, The lowest I've ever ridden was 14 PSI. And that was in like a pure sand race. Yeah. But uh, my standard pressure is 26 in the front, 27 in the rear. Every once in a while, we'll get a small change with the the tubular technology where it's the, the thread count's a little different and some tires are more supple than others. So you need to... But it's only a range of maybe half a PSI. But that's up to you to kind of figure out as a as an individual athlete because tire pressure is entirely dependent on your riding style and your body weight um but for me it it hasn't changed that much i will say that i have as my skill has improved gotten more comfortable with riding lower pressure because you need to have that that you don't have a suspension system the only suspension you have on the bike is this 33 millimeter tire in your body Mm -hmm. and that's it so you need to have a stable core back everything about your body needs to withstand the impact of getting on and off the bike multiple times running the conditions the variable cadence of, of the race and then you have this small 33 millimeter tire to do the rest of the work so it's the lower the pressure you can have the more traction the more absorption the better uh um you are rolling um and you just try and get away with a as fast a tire as you can
0: yeah for cyclocross what's like a a weakness that you're pleased with that you've been able to improve in that area of the sport?
1: Um, I would say, I would say my ability to to react on the fly. And that's just as a general athlete thing, like there's, there's skills that, you know, Hey, I'm not good at sand. The solution is to go. I mean, fortunate enough, I, I live close to the beach, so I ride the sand pretty regularly, especially through the summer, you can finish several rides a week just doing 30 minutes of rep practice. Um, if you're not comfortable in the mud, go ride when it's raining. Um, but as athletes mature, they kind of calm down a little bit more and they, they become a little bit more methodical in how they react to problems and problem solving in general. And I think that's an area that's it, it, That's it. That, that's a common thing that most athletes have to deal with. So, conditions change midway through a race or you you deal with a mechanical issue or there there's a crash in front of you that you have to respond to or it's just some something happens that you don't anticipate the ability to react calmly is that's probably an area that i've improved in the most yeah yeah and that that, that's a life thing too it's not just (laughs) something that's specific to athletes
0: right right do you enjoy gravel racing
1: i do yeah it's different um I mean, the, the physiological demands are totally different in that. And, and gravels, there's no uniform uh, template for it where, I mean, it, there's a lot of races in the Northeast that are in the 50 to 70 mile range, but there's also seven, 8,000 feet of climbing because there's a lot of punchy climbs, especially when you go into Vermont. Um, those events are really interesting and a lot of fun. The Finger Lakes of New York, uh, a lot of elevation there. But then when you go to you know, more of the Midwest and it's much flatter, and you have these more ultra endurance events that are seven, eight, sometimes nine hours on the bike, it's a totally different demand. So the preparation's different, the fueling strategy's different, the, the, the pit stop strategy you have to consider. Um, so it's I appreciate how different all the events are, but it definitely is a big physiological shift from what we do is a very anaerobic and explosive discipline to this more diesel power, steady state effort.
0: Yeah, where do you see U.S. cyclocross going in the next you know few years? And I was just recording with Ray Lynn before you, and we talked about that some. And um, I made the point that you know in in U.S. cycling sometimes one discipline's up, another one's down. Gravel's hot or roads down, or cyclocross is up or down, and um, things come back. And you know, there's still a great scene also in road. I mean, there were a lot of you know people were down on road for a while.
1: Yeah, I think that things will uh, things certainly come back full circle, and sometimes yeah. it takes time. But um, I don't know. I mean, we could <laughs> we could probably spend another hour getting really deep on the philosophical stuff. But I think that um, the unique part about gravel is that it's very much a, dis- a um, mass participation event mm-hmm. where everyone shows up on the start line but there's such little, little coverage and it's virtually a, a non-existent when it comes to a spectator sport right. you, you can't go to the middle of Kansas or Nebraska and ring a cowbell and I mean it, you can if you want to but you'll be the only one in the field um, and I think something that I've always appreciated about something like cyclocross or uh, crit racing is very similar to cyclocross in that it's a it has the potential to be a, a very strong community event where especially when you have a race close to a town or close to a downtown is always ideal but when you're around people who don't know what you're doing and are curious that's how you get people involved in the sport and i think when you all you read are the highlights online it's it it could be kind of i mean i don't know it's lonely like no one wants to spend their life separated by phones and the internet and just shooting messages to each other like i think people enjoy being around events and being in person. And that that interpersonal um, connection is something that I I think that, I I hope that is coming back and it's reflective in the racing, like crit racing or cyclocross. I always thought that crits and and cyclocross were some of the best racer development Mm -hmm. opportunities, but I think they're also some of the best community-oriented events in that if done right, they're around people, they're, they could be around towns, they're in public spaces like a park or around a city block. The access that fans and spectators have to the athletes is something that's unparalleled. Or it's, it's very difficult to find in other sports. Right. Like you can't go to a, a football game and reach out and touch your favorite football players. Right. Like you know, hey Tom Brady, how's it going? Yeah. You know, hey, can you give me a football card? No, you, you can't do that. But you go to a cycling race and you have access to all your favorite athletes and more often than not, we're friendly enough to make time for anyone. Right. You know, so that, that's what I, I find most unique and uh, special about our sports. So I think things always come full circle and I hope that, uh, that, that community focus, um, is something that's valid because we, especially in the cyclocross world, we have some really special events. You know, the the promoters of the, the USCX series, which is our, our national series in cyclocross, they do a really good job with um, having a high production uh, categories for everyone. And the, the promotion of the event is really special. And kind of promoting the athletes too is really important. Awesome.
0: Uh, what 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 do you like about being
1: part of this team? Um... Uh, where to start <laughs> no it, it, it's a very um i everyone on the team is so close and we have a really strong friendship um and just it, it's it, it's a very easygoing squad but also we we love what we do and we take it seriously um when we show up to a race we all want to perform at a high level but we also know how to kind of take in what's around us, kind of bringing it back to our earlier conversation of, you know, you're experiencing someplace new that you haven't been before and you want to have that balance of performing, but also, you know, where you are as a gift and enjoying that. Um, one thing I do appreciate is the creativity on this team. And that's, I would say, not a strong suit of mine. So that's something I'm able to take in from my teammates like uh, Ray Lynn and our team photographer, Kenza, and that they're definitely the the creative minds behind everything so I I certainly do appreciate that side of uh you know something and you know to develop a skill set that I don't have that's something that I'm I'm learning and beginning to appreciate more
0: yeah well awesome uh Curtis thank you very much for joining the show
1: yeah thanks for having me it's a blast and uh hope to see everyone out at the national championships and one more
0: time what's the name of your podcast in the red with Curtis White all right well thank you very much appreciate it I want to thank Curtis for coming on our second show of the 2024 season. also want to thank Dan Lee for leading the interview today. Please don't forget that you can always come back and listen to previous episodes all about Zip products, technology, and athletes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends and give us a five-star rating. So until the next show, my name is Stu for the Zip Speed Podcast. We'll see you later.